right, let's, let, let me uh, read these verses together over you, 15 and 16. Um, we're in the, this series with Philemon, and uh, he is a slave owner. His slave Onesimus has run away and came to find Paul in Rome. And uh, Paul was able to connect with him and lead him uh, to surrender his life to Christ. So we're going to be learning about the deeper part of this relationship today. Let me read it to you. It says, perhaps this is why he was separated from you for a brief time, so that you might, you might get him back permanently. Uh, in the sermon today, pay attention to the phrase brief time and then to the word permanently. We're going to be using that today greatly. No longer as a slave, but more than a slave, as a dearly loved brother. He uh, is especially so to me, but even more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, help me be a plain preacher today, so plain that a child would understand me. Help me to be in tune to your, to your Holy Spirit, any word of knowledge you give to me to speak to a person or their situation. Lord, if you prompt me with it, I want to be obedient to speak to it. And then, Lord, uh, you look at all of us today, but you see me differently. I'm your teacher, and I'm your preacher, and all me is a greater and a more strict judgment than anybody in this room, and I know that, and I accept my place in rightly dividing your word. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray, his name that I preach. Just remain standing. Let's pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Okay, let's add that. Let's pray for peace with the Russia-Ukraine war that's going on. There are uprisings all over our nation. Uh, and let's just add to this prayer a prayer of peace, okay? Lord, you ask us in your word to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Um, we see that as a command and a mandate that you give us through your psalmist. And we pray for the peace of that city and that, that country and that area. Uh, complete peace there, Lord. We pray for that. We, we pray for the peace and the war that's going on with Russia and Ukraine. I know that through all of this, lots of displaced people, lots of people taking in others that they don't even know their, their, their gifts of hospitality, the ministries that are going on. Lord, we pray blessing over all those. We pray for the peace to the uprisings that are happening in our world. And we know this peace is possible through the person of Christ. Uh, when Isaiah saw you, Lord, he came back and part of his description was that you are the Prince of Peace, and to you we go asking for that peace. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. God bless you. Y'all be seated for just a moment. I left you last Sunday in this series. Uh, remember, Philemon is a Christian, and he, he owns slaves. And again, I'm saying this with every sermon, that doesn't make it right. Uh, owning slavery is not what we're talking about here, but it, it happened in this culture right here. It did happen then. And Philemon is a good man. He's a co-laborer with the Lord, active in his church. Uh, he's a co-laborer. He's an encourager to Paul in his missionary work, all that goes on there. So we've got Philemon has a slave that has run away. His name is Onesimus. And Onesimus ends up in Rome and Paul's under house arrest for the gospel. He's not because he's really broken any law. Remember I told you, when you preach a message that the king is greater than the emperor, that'll get you thrown in jail. And, and so that was his message. And so they can't shut him up, so they shut him out. And even when they try to shut him out, they still can't shut him up. 
because uh, he's writing and he's discipling and he's winning people to Christ. So Onesimus finds Paul, Paul finds him, there's a, there's a connection there, and then he surrenders to Christ. Paul wants to keep him. Remember I dealt with that last Sunday. We want to keep lots of things, people. Uh, when it, the part of the church and the kingdom is we send people. So Paul's dealing with keeping Onesimus for himself, but realizes he needs to send him, which is an, a, a kingdom principle for all churches to be a part of. And remember, he's asking Philemon to bless Onesimus coming back to him. In fact, I left you in verse 14 talking about Philemon has the free will to be able to do that. He said, you, you've got to use your free will to be able to choose. Now in verse 15, we have a challenge here. And I want you to look at verse 15 for just a moment on the screen. He says, for perhaps this is why he was separated for, uh, from you for a brief time. You're going to find this partnership in Scripture. I left you in verse 14 with Philemon having the free will to choose. And then I move you today to verse 15, which says Paul is saying God may have put all this together as a divine appointment for Onesimus and me to meet. One verse we're talking about free will, and the very next verse we're talking about the sovereignty of God. And I know that there, is a, there, there can be uh, different belief systems in Christianity, and some are that they just deal with sovereignty and some don't deal with free will and some deal with free will and don't deal with sovereignty. But you need to see that there is a great partnership here. I wrote down in my notes, there's a dual existence that occurs here. In verse 14, Philemon's got the free will to choose. In verse 15, it comes down to, well, uh, Onesimus may have come here uh, because the Lord has made this a divine appointment for us to be able to see each other. So it happens. You're going to find both of those partnerships happening in Scripture, and it's going to be confusing. Uh, I, I, I am a free will guy, if you want to know where I believe, but I believe in the sovereignty of God. Uh, I, I, it doesn't make him any less sovereign that he, he has divine appointments for us and for even other people. So he says here that Onesimus has left you for a brief time. And I told you in beginning this sermon, we're going we're gonna to spend time on that phrase, brief, brief time, and also on the one word, permanently. He said, he has left you for a brief time. Listen, complete seasons of change can happen in a brief time. I've, I've told you that all along. In fact, I repeat myself so much to you that you probably think I have lost my ever-loving mind. But I repeat myself knowing every time that I am repeating myself because you need to get it. The world is a constant message for you to be away from Christ. I've got to have a constant message to remind you that you've got to run to Christ. Over and over and over. And he's talking about a brief time here, and there can be seasons of change in a brief time. Um, some people go, well, life can change in five or ten minutes. Life can change for you in seconds. Uh, I left you last Sunday telling you that our daughter, Laura, was going to fly in from Austin, Texas. And for those of you who don't know her deeply, uh, she's a doctor in pharmacy, and she works oncology, 
and has worked starting some new things, teaches in a medical school, and uh, she's, the, she's a brainiac, takes after her mom. She's a brainiac, and uh, I, I just want to tell you about our family briefly. We, uh, we are a family that gives care. My wife, Julie, ran to this situation here, and we're glad everything's okay, but she's a nurse. And then our daughter is a doctor. And then Andrew's a pastor and I'm a pastor. So we're, we're, our whole family is committed to spiritual and emotional care and committed to physical or health care. Our whole family is given to care in some capacity. But I was so excited. I left you last Sunday telling you that Laura was going to fly in on Wednesday. And uh, we couldn't wait. I mean, I, I had visions of running and meeting her on the tarmac, you know, and, uh, and helping her. I told you I was going to follow her everywhere when she got home. But we got a call at the first of the week, and our daughter, to make a long story short and to keep some of it even within the family, uh, she was rushed to the hospital, had emergency surgery. She's okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, for mom and dad, we were on pins and needles. I was ready to crank up the truck and head down there, you know, and uh, long drive if we needed to fly. I know Julie was exactly the same way. We were both thinking the same things. But our, our whole week changed. I had, I had plans to be, our family to be together. We don't get to see Laura that much. And her being in town, I was going to be there, and, and, and she is okay. Everything's okay. But there was some touch and go. I mean, it was an emergency surgery that happened in the, in the night, and uh, some colleagues got her there that she works with, and everything's okay. But so we had to make a decision. She's like, man, I still want to come home. And of course, that's our hearts going, well, we want you home too, right? I even told you, I said, I, I was going to, you know, punch a hole in her tires and jerk the battery cables off, whatever I had to do to keep her here. And uh, remember I told you I reminded her of the weather. It's 115 degrees down there, and I'm like at 70-something this morning. You know, like, you can move back home anytime you want. Uh, that's probably not going to happen. But our, our world changed in one phone call. Just one phone call. Now, I, we, we were concerned about Laura. Julie got quiet. I got quiet. Uh, I, I'm telling you all this because I've been saying this to you for a long time. This is one of the things I repeat to you over and over and over again. And I'm telling you, you've got to get this in your life. Where did I run when I heard this news? Julie was processing it, I was processing it, she's processing it as a mom, I'm processing it as a dad. But guys, when you feel that tension in your own life, and you feel that tension in your own family's life, and you can feel it. Do you understand what I'm talking about? All of us, whether we're believers or unbelievers, we know when something's not right in the home, right? You hear me? We know the tension. So what do you do? Where do you go? You gotta run to the Father. You, you gotta ask for help. You'll go, well, I'll be asking him for help all the time. Hello. Hello, that's what we do. We ask for help over and over. He goes, he's gonna get tired of me asking for help. He will never be tired of you for asking for help. So it, 
In these seasons of change, this brief time, if you'll bring up verse 15, just leave it there. When you, when you see this brief time, lots of things can change. Uh, I, I mean, I had plans in my mind, Julie and I did, for Laura being home this whole week. None of it happened. Some of us are here today. You have no idea what's going to happen from now till next Sunday. But you, whatever it is, you have got to run to the Father. So where does this fit in the story of Philemon and Onesimus and Paul? Here's a slave who lives in Colossians, the church there, in that area, and he leaves and runs away from his slave owner, who happens to be a Christian. Again, we do not partner slavery and Christianity together, but in this culture, it did exist. He runs away. He's getting as far away from that as he can, and he runs into Paul. Paul's under house arrest. They connect. Paul says it's a divine appointment. He ran away from you for a brief time. And so he comes to know Christ through Paul's ministry and surrender to the Lord. Here's the point of all this. Paul, Paul is like, well, if you look at it this one way, it's like Onesimus is leaving and running away from Philemon. If you look at it another way, Paul says, no, he really wasn't leaving Philemon. He was running to the Father. He just didn't know it. And you and I have got to run to the Father. When you feel the tension in your home between husband and wife, you have got to go off and be with the Father. You're going, I don't know how to do that. Just go off in a room and just get to a quiet place and talk to the Father like you're talking to me. I'm telling you, do you understand? That's exactly what Jesus did. And whatever you're afraid of, what, whatever you're hating at the moment, whatever you're angry at, whatever you're confused about, you have to go in that moment and take it to the Father. He is a first responder, not a last resort. But you and I treat him like a last resort. And he's the first place we go to. I couldn't get to Austin, Texas. I could have. There is a t-shirt underneath this shirt. It's got a big S on it. I just go find me a phone booth. You know, there I am. I couldn't get there. Julie can't get there. We can eventually, but not as quickly as we wanted to be there. But there's one who's already there. There's one who's already, you know what? There's one who loves her more than we love her. There's one who knew her and has known her longer than we have known her. Are you all with me? You understand? So where do you go? You go to the Father. Even with your confusion, all, you see what I'm saying? Paul one way he's telling a story that Onesimus is running away, and then another part of the story he's going, well, really, he's not running away from something. He's running to something. More importantly, he's running to someone, and he is running to the Lord. Uh, so Onesimus has encountered Paul, divine appointment, according to Paul, and he's surrendered his life to Christ. I have to ask you, have you, 
I mean, some of us, we're, we're, we're brought up in small town culture with small town values. And it's, it's just the thing to do to be around the church and believe in Jesus, even historically. Christmas is coming up, and, you know, and you're going to be talking about baby Jesus. It, it, Easter's coming up, you're going to be talking about the crucifixion and then his resurrection. And then you're, it, it can be a part of our small town values. And it, it can be a part of your belief system, but it also could mean that you've never surrendered your life to Christ. And I've been in that battle. I've been in that battle when I wanted to follow the world and the world wanted me to follow it. I've been there. I know exactly how, what I'm talking about. I know exactly how it works because I have been there. And the world is drawing you away. All the time is drawing you away from Christ. It's intending to do that because the world hates Christ. But part of the battle that's going on all over our world is for the city of Jerusalem that I ask us to pray about. You may not believe that. It's more than a political move. It, it, it becomes even a spiritual issue. So we, 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 we get to the point of who have we surrendered to? Where, where do we run to? Our, there are seasons of change, and they happen. And I'm speaking to some of you all today. There'll be seasons of change in your week, and you're going, well, man, I'm going to dread next week. Live your life. And when those seasons of change come, I'm just going to tell you, let, let the Father be the first one you respond to. We're either running away from something or to something all the time, and it can be good or bad either way. What we could be running to could be bad. It could be detrimental, destructive to your, to your life. I could look at your life for a minute. I could talk to you for a few minutes, and I could probably, as a pastor, pick out areas of your life that are leading to destruction, and you're going, oh, no, preacher, I got it. I got it. I got it taken care of. Do you really? I mean, there, when you surrender, it's, it's, what, it's what Jacqueline saying a while ago. We surrender all of it to you. All, all of it is to you. So have you surrendered to the Lord? Paul is going to tell us in a minute that when Onesimus came to Christ, it became a permanent season of change. Do you see that? He's talking about a double meaning here. He's saying Onesimus was running away from you. Little did we know... He was actually running to me, and little did he know when he found me, he was going to find Christ. I want to keep him, let him help me out, but I'm not going to keep him. I'm going to send him back to you because it will be better. It's a kingdom move for him to be with you. And when I send him back to you, he's coming back permanently. So, so he's talking about, Paul is talking about not only this brief time did he run away, but he's going to come back and be with you permanently. And he means both. He means both as a friend, and then he means forever because the word, the word here permanently means eternal. He's, he's going to come back and be an eternal co-laborer with you together. It, everything is a brief time compared to eternity. When you look at eternity, everything is a brief moment. Paul is meaning both the situation with Philemon and Onesimus, and he's meaning permanently for all of us here. Uh, listen, we're going to get to a verse of Scripture in a moment that's going to tie all this up. But you and I should be thinking about eternity already. 
It should forever be on our minds. Forever be on our minds. I know what's going on in Israel, and I stay up late because they're seven hours ahead. And so when, the, when it's 11.30 here, the sun's rising there. And so I, I usually try to watch a little bit of that before I go to bed uh, just to see what's going on, what's the latest news as the sun rises over there. And I've had people call me all week. You know, uh, well, preacher, what about this? What about that? Now, what's going on in Israel has gotten some people to start thinking about eternity. And that's fine. We'll take that. But I want you to hear my challenge to you this morning. If you're a believer, if you're a Christian, Israel should not have you thinking about eternity. You should have already been thinking about eternity a long time ago. It's on our minds. Do you hear me? So you, you could ask me, does what going on over there spark your interest and think you more about eternity? For me, the answer is no. Because as a believer, as a believer, I should already be focused on eternity. That's what Paul is using here, again, with a play on words. Oh, you, you think Onesimus was separated from you for a brief time. But really, it seems the plan of God is for him to find the Lord and then come back to you permanently. And he means come back and work with you as long as he's on this earth. But Paul also has a double meaning saying permanently, he's, he's going to be a part of the family of God forever and forever. You know, just this morning, I mean, as a preacher, my whole life deals with death all the time. Had a funeral this week. Uh, just this morning, uh, just, just a while ago, uh, Bill's off. We call him BZ. It's usually right over there. Bill passed away this morning. And so I, it, he, 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 he made a decision a long time ago, stopped the treatments. I went to see him at the, at the hospital, and uh, I uh, went to say goodbye. And I, I told him in the Hebrew language, there's no word for goodbye. There's only see you later, only peace or see you later. And I told him, see you later. And then before I left, he grabbed my hand and he looked up at me and he goes, grace and peace. And so yesterday I went to see him at the home and uh, he woke up for me for just a little bit and uh, I held his hand and I said, goodbye, see you later to my friend. And uh, I said, grace and peace. And we affectionately call him BZ. Uh, so that, that has happened this morning. Listen, I, I, I saw Bill Zoff change his life surrendering to Christ and start thinking about eternity. Listen, that's who we are. I'm going to show you that in just a moment in Scripture. That's who we are. So, so Israel and what's going on there does not make me think about eternity anymore. As a believer, that's where my heart is and that's where my mind is set on things that are eternal. And that's what Paul is being able to say here. He's, he's coming back to you to be a co-laborer permanently, but more, much, much more than that. Ecclesiastes says that God has put eternity in our hearts. Put eternity in our hearts. Now, if you are seeing the war on Israel and you're thinking about eternity, I'll take that. But if you have already surrendered your life to Christ, 
it, you should have already been thinking about eternity. That's where we are. Paul says, my citizenship is not here. It's already in heaven. I, I, I've, got an, I've got an address, a physical address. Amazon, Amazon knows exactly where I live. I've got, a, I've got an address here. But, my, but Paul would say, even though we have an address here, our citizenship is already there. It's already in heaven. Look at verse 16. He says, uh, he says, no longer is he coming back to you permanently as a slave, but more than a slave as a dearly loved brother. Do you see that? It's permanent. Now it's the family of God. He is especially so to me, but even more to you, to you both in the flesh and in the Lord. He's coming back as the family of God. I want to remind you about the spirit of adoption. We were his enemies. We were God's enemies. And now he has adopted us into his family as his sons and his daughters. That's precious to me. That's the gospel message right there. So he's, I told you that this book was about the family of God. It's no longer a runaway slave. He is now coming back as a permanent. He left you briefly, but now he's coming back as a permanent member of the family of God and, and, your, and your, uh, your dear loved, dearly loved brother. Let me tell you something about the Christian life for just a moment. We have deeper commitments. Our, our yeses go a little deeper as a believer. We, it's who we are. Deeper commitments is who we are. And we look to Jesus and we see his commitment. Have you ever doubted it? I never have, but I've doubted mine. I look at the commitment of Christ. Have I ever questioned it? I never have, but I've questioned mine. And in that, we, we live at a deeper level than an unbeliever. Now, my wife, she loves SEC football. She loves college football. She's, uh, I may have played it, uh, ball at even more advanced level, but Julie is the sports fan in our family. There's no doubt about it. And uh, she especially loves SEC football. And you know there's a, there's a motto that goes along with SEC conference, whether it's whatever it is, basketball, baseball, or football. And it says it just means more. And the Christian life, I can take that motto and back that up, it just means more. Our word means more. And it gets really disappointing when people say they love the Lord and their word doesn't mean much. Which makes me question if they've ever surrendered to the Lord. Because we, we, we are known by our fruit. The fruit that we live behind, the faithfulness in our lives. As believers, we should be the hardest workers on the planet, never the laziest. We should never look for the shortcut or the cut of corners. We should always look for whatever is expected or needed of me. Believers should have the most character and integrity than anybody on the planet. And it becomes disheartening when people don't. And I, I want to show you this because if we're not careful, you can have your Sunday morning persona and then you can have your, in, in, in the Lord, 
And then you could have your Monday through Saturday persona, which could be in the flesh. And Paul brings both of these together in this word. He, he is a permanent brother, a dearly loved brother, permanent, not only here on earth as a co-laborer, but forever in eternity, and even more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord, meaning Onesimus has surrendered both of them. I don't know in our culture that we surrender both of them. I think we're going, I've got my in-Lord person, and then I've got my fleshly person, and you surrender every single one of them to the Lord. It's all a surrender. We just live with a deeper commitment. Uh, and you're going, well, hey, preacher, it means that more is expected of me as a believer. Well, hello. Wow, we could have had a V8. You know, it becomes a time when we wake up to this. And you're going, yes, let me give you a scripture verse that you know. I'm going to start it. You finish it. Too much that is given, much is required. And we're, we're talking about the things that are in the family of God. So know that we just live with a deeper commitment in every area of our life. I want to show you Colossians 3, 1 through 10, and we're going to put all this together with this verse, and it becomes a challenge to us today from the life of Onesimus, Philemon, and Paul. Do you see at the bottom Colossians 3, 1 through 10? Do you see that? So it's the church of Colossae. Colossians is written to the church of Colossae. And guess who goes to the church of Colossae? Philemon. Philemon is a member of this church that Paul's writing to. Paul writes a personal letter to Philemon, which is our series. But then he writes a letter to the church that Philemon attends. The pastor was Epaphras. And he writes a letter to Philemon again, really. I mean, he, Philemon would have known this letter because it was written specifically for the church he attended and it wraps up everything I'm saying. It matches what Paul wrote to Philemon when he talks about the brief time and he talks about eternity permanently. Let's walk through it. I'm gonna walk through it slow because there's some places I wanna stop. So Paul's writing to the church that Philemon attended. So if you have been raised with Christ the Messiah, seek what is above. Where Christ the Messiah is seated at the right hand of God. Remember, he ascended and he's at the right hand of the Father. That's where he is. Set your minds there. Set your minds there. Set your minds on what is above, not what is on the earth. There's a lot of stuff going on. Go back to the other verse. There's a lot of stuff that is going on. And around here, do, do I look at it? Do I pay attention to it? Yes. But when I go there, where do I take it? I, I take it to the one who is seated in the heavenlies at the right hand of God. I'm going, man, it looks like things are out of control, but yet I know he's in control. I look at the world and I'm going, man, he, it's out of control. I look at him and going, he's got it under control. You can look at Onesimus like he ran away. Paul looks at it like he ran into God. You know, it, it just, just Christians have a completely different turn on things. Set your minds on what is above, not on what is on this earth. Verse three, 
for you have died. This is the old you. And your life is hidden, hidden with Christ the Messiah in God. Verse 4, when the Messiah, Christ the Messiah, who is your life, is revealed, then, you, then also you also will be revealed with him in glory. And therefore, now we're getting into these, these lists here, okay? We're getting into them. And when we get into them, you need to understand this is not who you are in Christ. This is who you used to be. All right? It's not. Well, that's me. If, if you're on the list, we need to talk. All right? So therefore, put to death what belongs to your worldly nature, sexual immorality. It means all of it. All of it. Impurity, lust, evil desire, greed, which is idolatry. Verse 6, because of these, God's wrath comes on the disobedient. Verse 7, and you once walked in these things when you were living in them. And he starts another list. Look at verse 8. Here's the other list. Uh, but now you must also put away, put away, meaning that's what we used to be. All the anger and the wrath and the malice and the slander and the filthy language out of your mouth. Verse 9, do not lie to one another. Why? Because you're immolating the enemy. He's a deceiver. He's a liar. And he deceives. There's deception there. Do not lie to one another. Since you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self. This is who we are now. You are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your creator. Listen, I'm not telling you this so that we can walk around acting better than anybody else. I'm not telling you this so you walk around with a one-up attitude. You know, I'm not giving you this. I'm giving you this because what those two lists right there, that's who we used to be. That's not who we are now. I'm not saying there's not struggle in those areas. I'm just saying that's not who we are now. That's what we used to be. And we live life with a deeper commitment to the Lord. And we can do that through the Holy Spirit and the power of the resurrection. Just like with Laura's news. Man, did it crush our hearts did it crush a mama's heart and a daddy heart? Yeah, because our daughter's health was not good. Number two, I couldn't wait. I could, she was going to have to go to a chiropractor. I was going to hug her so hard. You know, I couldn't wait till she got here. And it all changed. She's fine. We didn't get to see her. But I'm telling you that because your pastor had to run to the Father. You hear me? Yes. I ran to my heavenly Father. You do exactly the same thing. And let him remind you that you're not on your own anymore. You have me to run to. Onesimus, looks like he was a runaway slave. The writing, the simple writing is he ran into God. Changed his life. Changed the whole season of his life. And now he's permanently in the family of God. And I pray that for you. What's going on in Israel? I know you got some questions and you should. I'm not saying you shouldn't even pay attention to those questions. But if you're thinking about eternity, good. Let's talk. 
But as believers who surrendered our lives a long time ago, it shouldn't make me think about eternity anymore. We're already thinking about it, right? It's already my home. I'm ready. I am ready to go. If he comes back today, he'll be a welcome guest. You know what I'm saying? He will not come to me as a thief in the night. He will come to me as a welcome guest. If he takes me on to glory, and, and I, it doesn't matter, everything is okay. Uh, my mind is set on things that are above. Amen. Can we surrender to that today? Clients are going to come and they're going to lead us in invitation. You may want to come. You may want to come with continued prayer for what's going on in our world. You may want to come and pray over a, over, over a situation here that you can do that just with their permission. Let them pray over them. Pray for the Zoffs, will you? We got that message in between services today. I knew it wouldn't be long, but he was ready. I'm going to tell you, BZ was thinking about eternity. And he couldn't wait, really, to be honest with you. He was ready to go. I don't know what your prayers or your concerns are, but you can bring them here, okay? And there's people here to pray with you and to pray for you. So the invitation is this. Whosoever will, for whatever reason today, you come. Church, would you stand? Counselors, let's make sure we have plenty of them today, all right? Counselors, you come here in the altar and place yourself, and you come as the clients lead us.